I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's get started. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Yan. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. I, I know that today we have our final October spooky story of the month. I'm really excited. <laughs> I, it, it made it more of a history mystery episode. Ooh, okay. So, I love mysteries. Yes. Um, so I have two unsolved mysteries or just curiosities um, in our local area, San Francisco. Cool. That's perfect for Halloween too. Oh, good. Mysteries. Um, and, and also, I just think it's also very curious when you have the, we have so much history in San Francisco, we have so much history in California with the gold rush, and so many people have been in and out, so many souls, so uh, why not share a little bit of the older stories today? Love it. Let's go. Okay. All right. So the first one is about the Stowe Lake ghost in the Golden Gate Park. Oh, I think I heard about that one. Oh, good. I think yes. I think I went ghost hunting when I was in high school, uh, in uh, college oh, during okay. Halloween. Oh, okay. So then maybe yes, they. This is actually a well-known yes. legend, yeah. and they even have a whole blurb about it on the Golden Gate Park website. So it's being sponsored by, by the actual park. <laughs> um, and I used a couple sources for the story. Um, Mysteries and Urban Legend podcast. They did a good job kind of diving into it. And SFGate also delved into the possibility and the truth of the story as well. All urban legends have some type of truth, yeah. but it's just how, how much do we exaggerate throughout mm-hmm. history. And this is, history has been around for about 100 years, or even longer than that now, probably 200. Um, so I'll begin. According to the legend, sometime before the 1900s, a beautiful young woman took her baby out for a stroll in the Golden Gate Park. She saw her friend and she sat down and they caught up. But when she looked up, she saw that her baby and the stroller were nowhere to be seen. She ran around the lake looking frantically, asking everyone, have you seen my baby? And then finally she looked at the lake and she realized what must have happened. The stroller must have rolled into the lake with the baby. So she ran into Stowe Lake and was never seen again. It's also rumored that at night she can still be found searching for her baby with her cries and her moans and distress. The Golden Gate Park website goes even deeper into the urban legend, listing out possible scenarios, how she can come up to you, what you can say, what you can do. But um, SFGate dug in deeper into the history and truth, saying that the author, 
uh, Katie Doyd, she uncovered an old article titled Park Suicides in the San Francisco Call that was published in the 1900. And a citizen sighting of a baby floating in Lloyd Lake, which is a pond close to the lake itself. Mm-hmm. And that was published in July 10, uh, 1906. So if there is any type of history or truth, it would have been found in these articles. Mm-hmm. But the police did search through the lake and they didn't find anything and nothing else was published after that. So to this day, there's still no evidence. So we don't but- have a name for, for this woman. No, we don't have a name for this woman. And the Stowe Lake's reputation and legend of the white lady at Stowe Lake remains alive today. And, you know, I think that it's, it does say something. I think it doesn't have to be, she doesn't have to be named because I think that so many moms and so many women, and it's, it's just an ongoing story. It, it happens. Um, and sometimes they don't have names. Um, so I think it's just important for those stories to just be heard and seen and, we we'll have to keep looking and be careful of our children because it's just like that one day. Well, in the 1900s, yeah. I think the strollers didn't have locks on them either. Right now, our strollers can lock. So it's not, especially in San Francisco, San Francisco is so hilly, mm-hmm. you know? So if you don't have a lock on your stroller, you're going to be chasing after that stroller. So true. Yeah. True. But I mean, even, even if it's on another person, right? Like one day, one person is at your side and then the next, where did they go? You have no idea. And my next story um, dives into like a little bit of that insight and a little bit of that fear, especially as a mom, you know, you're probably always wondering like, where's my child? <laughs> and you're- I watch my kids like a hawk. <laughs> at Disneyland, um, I lost Sophie for five seconds and it felt like the longest five seconds of my life. Like Where'd I was- she go? She would just, we were waiting for a show to start and she walked away. Um, Where? I don't know. Like she was literally next to me. I looked away for a few seconds because I was talking to my cousin. I looked down. She wasn't there That's anymore. It. And then I was like screaming like, Sophie, Sophie. Five seconds later, this old lady walks up. Like, are you looking for her? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and she was like, he wasn't even alarmed. Literally, it was like five seconds. So <laughs> I don't know why you're so crazy. <laughs> but I have her stories of like Disneyland is a hotbed for kidnapping. And what they do is they actually, they grab your kid and they quickly cut your kid's hair really quickly, put a hoodie on them and they take them out of the park. What? So when you look through security cameras, it's really hard to find your child because they cut the hair and put a hoodie on them and then they're gone. Oh. They have been stories of like parents looking, I believe they caught somebody doing that and they caught the kid right before um, the guy walked out of the park and the kid was in a different jacket and the hair was cut short. Wow. So you have okay. to be really careful. And that's why I used to laugh at, you know, those um, kids' backpack with the leashes on them? Oh, I, I had to, one. I, I, used to laugh, I, I used to laugh at that before I had kids. And then afterwards, I was like, I need that. <laughs> Let me walk yes. my kids around because you can't take your eyes off them. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, even when you think that you have a GPS, right now we have GPS. I'm sure when I'm older and I, when I have kids, I will definitely have GPS on my child. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was always a scary situation for my mom because she also didn't know the country. Yeah. So you don't know where people can hide. And, and therefore I was a least child. In fact, this is what my mother did. She, she tied us both. She tied me and my brother up to each other. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then she knew we were very obviously 
we could just see both of us and it's yeah. very obviously she was not even just the backpack I think it was like bright red and we were just tripping people so we it was protection I, I thought it was fun I didn't think anything of it um mm-hmm. and and obviously now I'm, I'm really glad that my mother did that because who knows what it would have happened they don't sell them anymore oh they don't the backpack releases I can't find them anymore well you can make one if you want, if you still wanted to do it, you could probably still make it. I'll just clip a dog leash on their backpack. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah, or you can have, or yeah, you can do the GPS and the tether. But even then, I, I, and my mom still says this to this day, it's the fact that if, if someone really wanted to take you, they will do everything. They're going to yeah, exactly. be smarter than you. They're going to exactly. be way smarter than you. They would take everything away. That's why you just have to be alert, but you can't go crazy over it. Because like, as, like we said, right? it's a form of control and control is illusion you're only doing as much so you can feel comfortable and feel safe but at the end of the day there is no control if someone really wants to take your child i mean there are plenty of kids are kidnapped in their bedroom at nighttime when they're sleeping right you know that happens if someone's really have their sight on your your kid then it's going to happen but you just have to take every precaution without going crazy yeah absolutely and and I wonder if we can, we'll have to make a list of tips um, because I think that's just something to always have in the back of our head or back of our mind. I, I mean, I, I think it's just be alert, be smart, be aware. You know, like there's not a secret recipe to raising kids. Sure. The most important thing is being alert and being aware. And that's something I definitely need help with from time to time to time. Very often when I, you know, I'm not in the best mental state and I detach from myself, and I'm, that's when I'm not as aware. And that's when I'm usually always listening to something. So I'm not as aware of what's going on around me. So the number one thing is, you know, just, just be aware. Know where your kids are. Pay attention to your kids. Your kids, at the end of the day, all they really want is to interact with you and mm-hmm. to have your undivided attention. And this is something I'm actively trying to work on, too. Um, so that's it. You know, otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy, um, you know. You just be smart and be aware. That's it. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. And then that's definitely a tip that we can leave with our viewers um, at the end of the episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So going into my second mystery of Wait, the before, day. before we finish the first one, is the second oh, yes. one also Golden Gate Park or just the first one? No, it's just the first one is in okay. Golden Gate Park. Have you ever gone ghost hunting at Golden Gate Park? I have not. Have I you have gone, gone ghost hunting anywhere? Ghost yes. hunting. Ghost hunting. <laughs> We have done it Arizona. So uh-huh. I grew up in Arizona. So there's a couple ghost towns there, as well as in Salem. I We've done Salem. Ooh, mm-hmm. I want to go to Salem. Yes. And there's a couple places in a couple other states. Uh, I think by William and Mary, I've heard like there's a couple parks that you can really see um, and feel some some energy from another dimension, other worlds, whatever we may, whatever might be visiting us. But I am very curious about that. Have you found anything? Or have you seen or witnessed anything? In, in Arizona, it's funny, because I think that I might have when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you don't really know. You don't really know because everything is, everything's an animal, like everything's like out in the open. Mm -hmm. You know, people, people can hide everywhere. Uh, especially when I was growing up there in the ni- in um, in the nineties, <laughs> so I might have seen something. But I, if if I did, it wasn't anything negative. I never felt scared being out mm-hmm. uh, outside alone, and I was 
outside alone whenever I could be. So <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, we went ghost hunting, like I said, Golden Gate Park, I think one Halloween when I was in college, but we didn't, we didn't find anything. The only thing we did was annoying the crap out of the homeless guy trying to sleep. <laughs> we're like all shiny our, our um, flashlight on him. We're like, oh my gosh, that's a dead body. Oh my God, it's moving. Just a guy sleeping. <laughs> oh like, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I never like seen any or found anything, encounter anything when I'm actively looking for it. But at my old house, um, when I was living with my parents, I always felt like there's something there. And my cat used to always just like, he'll be like grooming himself or doing or sleeping. All of a sudden he would sit up and stare at something that I can't see. And then sometimes he'll run away. Um, and then one time my mom had a friend over, we're having dinner and I was telling that friend about like, you know, I feel like sometimes I can see something in the corner of my eye. Cause my mom, my stepdad did not believe in ghosts at all. They're complete atheists. They don't believe in any of that stuff. So I couldn't talk to anybody. So I was telling this lady and then I w- we were sitting there and I had a bottle of Snapple, I remember it clear- really clearly next to me. And I had put the cap right on top of the Snapple without screwing it tight. And we we're talking. And then so she told me, hey, you know, if you ever feel like any kind of negative energy or you, you feel like you're scared or you don't want the spirit to be there, just say, please go away. You're not welcome here. And the minute she said that, the bottle cap, cap flew at her face. It literally hit her. And, uh, and yeah, and she saw, cause I wasn't moving. So she saw, cause she was talking to me. She saw I wasn't moving. So she knew I didn't touch the, that bottle cap. And then my mom and stepdad, like, oh no, she threw it. Like they accused me of throwing it at her face. And she's like, no, I saw that she didn't throw it. But my mom and stepdad still refused to believe her or, or, or me. They, they still like insist I, I threw the cap at her. Yeah, wow. that was like my really only encounter um, in what I can assume was like confirmation something was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I definitely believe in spirits. I mean, you believe in ghosts, Agreed. do you? Yeah, I definitely of course. believe in spirits. I mean, for me, it's just there's there's so much unrest. I mean, we see that here in today mm-hmm. in the very physical plane. There's so much unrest, and I mean, if some somebody is so hap- unhappy, or I I can't imagine them not leaving until they finish that business. Yeah. and everybody, I just say like, I mean, yeah, there's this whole planet. You know, there's people buried everywhere, especially mm-hmm. in California. There's so many Indian burial grounds that we have built over. You know, so I completely believe there's there are ghosts everywhere, but they just they most of them don't bother you, and most of them are not evil; they're just right. there. You know, exactly. So, but remember, I told you Sophie told me she, uh, she wakes up. She often wakes up at three a.m. and she hears people saying hi to her and talking to her. And this is the thing: I have never told her anything about three a.m. because if if she has to, like any other time, I might be like, okay, well, kids have an active imagination. But the right. fact she says, I often wake up at three a.m. and we all know three a.m. is the witch hour. And right. even like Sable learned about that after I told him. He didn't know about that either. Wow. Um, yeah. So. I do believe she says like she said they just say hi to her and they will keep saying hi until she says back hi back to them so she says once she says acknowledges them she says hi then she goes back to bed and they don't bother her anymore she says she doesn't feel like it was, it's evil or anything it sounds really friendly so i told her you know as long as you don't think it's evil and you don't feel anything bad or scared then it's fine mm-hmm. so her, her guardian angel watching over her yeah could be could yeah. be yep Okay, ready for your next story. All right. So my next story 
is a little bit more recent. Um, and it's the story of, and the mystery of Eileen and Micheloff. I hope oh, I, I pronounced know. that right. I don't know that story. Don't know it? Um, it's actually one of the biggest unsolved mysteries in our in our area today. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so Eileen, she disappeared January 30th, 1989. Okay. So that was 31 years ago. And mm-hmm. it hits me really hard because I was born around that time. And so it could have it could have been me, right? That hits like, me really hard because you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, but um, yeah, for for someone to be also missing, like in an area that we consider relatively safe, she was she was in Dublin, um, in her hometown, mm-hmm. walking home from school. She was thirteen years old, and she vanished. She had plans after school. She was going to go to ice skating practice. She had everything there. Her friends were expecting her. Her parents were expecting her, and she's just gone. So there's an age progression photo out and available. They are still looking for her today. Her family still believes that she's alive. So um, every year they resurrect the story and they tell it again so that if anybody knows anything, um, the recommendation is to call the Dublin Police Services so that we can help bring her home. How did she disappear? Just she was, like- that's exactly, that's all we know. She just there's, there's, They don't have there's anything? Nothing. They don't have anything. No witnesses? Not that I had seen, and maybe there is, if there is, our listeners, maybe you guys can help. But when I started looking, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of articles talking about it. Um, it other, a different version of the story. It's just in the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, reading directly from it. Um, she vanished while walking from home. There was a bag that she could have picked up, but nobody, nobody saw her. Her mother has no idea where she could have gone. I believe I read another article that six um, that suspected kidnapping. Um, I believe the um, the Dublin police believe that she might have been kidnapped, but they're looking at literally all options. How was the inv- police investigation? Did they botch invest? Because every in, in South case, the most common denominator is they botch investigation. I mean it. I don't, that they don't really go into it. Um, and any of the articles that I've personally seen and, they, and they're actively helping now and they're actively helping the families. So I, I believe that they've done everything that they can. And, you know, in the 1980s with so many people expecting you home, they, I'm, I believe that they did everything that they could as soon as possible. As soon as she didn't come home for her lesson, People are like, where is she? And notify her. So it's within hours of her disappearance. And again, small town. I mean, Dublin, right across the bridge. Uh, where could she have gone? Um, and right, be- right before cell phones, actually. Like right before cell phones hit, you know, you, you have a mother frantically looking for a girl and with no trace. Yeah, that's, I mean... I don't know. I have to look into what the police did or what they looked into because usually they have some kind of leads that they they vet through. I wonder like who they vetted through as leads and or the truly just without a trace or did they not you know go over the the area very diligently in the beginning? I, because usually there's always some kind of trace, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's so, funny. But they, they let her. She left her bag there too, or so said? she was. So she left school around 2, 2.30, 3 p.m. I've seen a couple articles that cite a different time. But she 
they predict and estimate that she could have walked home using pen drive, but they actually don't know how she got home or where she was walking to, but she was walking home. So local, you know, local neighbors, if they had seen anything, I would have hoped that they would have reported it. But again, none of the articles that I had mentioned mentioned anybody seeing or seeing anything um, suspicious. I mean, I feel like that's just obvious kidnapping. Kidnapping. You don't just, a girl, don't just, they don't just disappear. And it's actually very common if you walk home, if you have a routine and you walk home the same route every single day at the same time, it makes it really easy for kidnappers to understand your routine, to understand when you're alone and when you're the most vulnerable. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So a lot so of someone... kids actually get kidnapped on their way home or, you know, with Johnny Gosh, like his case was every, you know, every Sunday morning, he did the same route, you know, so they know exactly where you're at or what time. It's really easy and fast to snatch you up. Right. Right. Um, I mean, you're, you're, that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're doing your research as, as that type of perpetrator and you're, you have a target, then you would do everything possible not to get caught. So yeah, if you, or this person was probably very smart. I mean, they definitely know that she didn't run away, right? That's yeah. very clear. And the police are adamant about that. And that's and they're still searching for her. Um, I just pulled up the article um, from the San, um, from the San Francisco Chronicle that I was reading, and just reading a little further. You're right. So it does mention a little bit about where the police um, uh, had some investigation. Um, they had a bloodhound sniff her shirt. Mm-hmm. to look for a scent or a trail mm-hmm. but but even the bloodhound found nothing she probably got taken in the car Ugh. that's yeah. where it gets cut off right away is when you put in, when they put you in a car actually i feel like she was 13 you said 13 I mean, this is very similar to johnny gosh oh yeah he was 13 put into a car chloroform over his nose into a car taken directly out of town and you're gone and mm. yeah so i mean this sounds like Obviously, we don't know, but it definitely sounds like a child trafficking ring because those rings, I mean, they're a huge organization. Everything's meticulously worked out. Mm. Something this clean, that's what it feels like. Unfortunately, like those cases, you're just not going to find the kids. It's very hard to find kids in those cases because they're not just a local crazy man. This is an organization. Right. Yeah. Right. sad. And so we, we hope, we're still hoping to this day that she'll be able to come home and that she's safe. I mean, even if she comes home, like imagine 30 years in that kind of environment. Really? And, and, or, or if you think about Johnny Gosh, if you believe his mom's story, he's alive, mm. but he can never come home. He can never come home. Yeah. So regardless whether they, you, whether they got killed or they are in this situation, they're still alive, their life is gone you know, their life was taken away at 13 years old. And this is why these cases are so sad. And these, to me, like, I'm so desensitized with true crime, but the worst cases are these child cases because they're, they're so young, especially when they're not found because there's no closure for the family either. You know, at least if you can bury your child, you know what happened to them and you can, you know, know that they're at rest, they're at rest now, but when there's no trace of their child for 30 years, you can never rest. And that's so sad, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would probably believe the same thing. Honestly, like if, if that ever happened to my kid, I would still keep waiting. So. Oh yeah. You never, you never give up on a child Mm -mm. unless they're found. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's sad. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's very sad. But again, there's still hope. So we're, the the family's definitely selling out, um, still has hope. So we, we hope that um, if anyone knows anything that they can still contact the service today. Yep. Um, Speaking of true crime update, did you follow this uh, Scott and Lacey Peterson case way back in the days? I was in college. I think you might have been middle school or or elementary school. So if I wasn't going to do these two mysteries, I was going to do the Lacey Peterson case. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Did you hear they might retry retry him? Yes, I did. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Why? Like, why does he get another chance? That's, I mean, this is kind of where... Do you think he's guilty? I do, yes. (laughs) But I don't know why I'm laughing, but I do. I do think he's guilty. Well, because he's a piece of shit. Like, you know, I I don't know if he's guilty because I recently looked through all the, all the, um, the evidence and went through the court case, they didn't allow his defense team to present a lot of the, the evidence that showed that he couldn't have done this in the oh. time that he said, because it's really interesting. During the time when she was killed, he was on the fishing boat. That's what he said. And her body was found in the water. So they said during that time when he was fishing, he was out dumping her body. The thing is, the boat that he was in is a very small raggedy boat. They did some testing on land or in water, even try to put something like a body into it, every single time the boat would capsize. Hmm. And they're like, so there's no way he could have put in her body in there. Plus, on the same day across the street, there was a robbery at a neighbor's house. And all her neighbors say, um, Lacey Peterson, she's another kind of lady that she sees something that's wrong, she will walk away. She will actually walk up to them and tell them, I see you. So there she could have been kidnapped. Another lady, a pregnant lady, not very far from her, was kidnapped a few weeks before her. Her body was also found in a very similar situation where she was decapitated. Her baby was like pulled out of her and it was for some satanic ritual. There's a a satanic cult nearby that's well known. So none of that was looked into. Hmm. Also, one of the jury came out and said she had some domestic violence happen to her and she was against Scott Peterson at the very beginning, but she lied during the jury selection process. So they found that out later. So that made it that they can retry him. Mm. And I actually think, <clears throat> I think Scott Peterson is a piece of shit. I don't know if he killed Lacey, but I know he probably is happy that Lacey's out of his life so that he could be free to do whatever he wants. Um, so I, do I want him out of jail? No. But do I think it's right if he didn't do it and he should be served being a life, lifetime for being an asshole? Also, no, right? So hmm. I do think if there are evidence that are withheld, then we need to There's evidence, trial, yeah. right? Because whether you like Scott or not, we need to find the right person. It's, That's correct. It's not right for the victim if you put the wrong person in jail. That's true. You're not getting justice. So, but it's a, it's a very controversial case. I just, I, went, I was thinking about your thoughts because, you know, I have always thought Scott Peterson was guilty until I looked more into why they're retrying him. I'm like, oh yeah, this sounds a little fishy. And because mm. we also know the media was all over Scott, you know, they, the court system and the police department were really pressured to get this closed. That's true. And a lot of times that's when they convict the wrong persons. They have the pressure and based on public opinion, you mm. know, they're going to put the person that's most likely. So we'll see. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting. 
Yeah, you make me want to look into it more. I actually did not realize that there was more evidence. I didn't read the new evidence that was coming t- through. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely have to do my research on that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. Cool. And that wraps up our episode and the month of October. Yeah, no more true crime stories in the foreseeable future, unless we encounter something that we feel very strongly about, right? But until then, maybe until next October, we'll do True Crime again. And next week in November, we'll start with our regular content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone. Have a happy Halloween. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.